Episode 286, Five Leadership Moves to Grow Teachers. Hey y'all, welcome to the Empowering Educators Podcast. I am Gretchen, your host and expert lesson learner. I'm a national board certified elementary teacher turned teacher, trainer, and coach. All the lessons I've learned and am learning on my edgy journey, I share with you right here. From every silly mistake to the most glorious successes, you're going to hear stories and strategies that will inspire you to become your best. I have to warn you, as an educator, I can't help but hold you accountable for doing the work. So every episode, I leave you with practical, tangible next steps so you can implement your learning and maximize your impact. Whether you're teaching a lesson or learning one yourself, there's always a lesson if you're willing to pay close attention. Elite educators, that's the secret to staying empowered. Bring on today's lesson. Hey, Elite Educators, Gretchen here of Always Lesson, host of the Empowering Educators podcast. I cannot wait to talk to you today about teacher leadership and how to better support the teachers that we lead. I'm going to share stories, lessons, practical tips just to help you put it into action. So let's get started. I have been under the weather for what feels like a million days now, but don't worry, I'm feeling better even though I sound semi like I have got a man voice. Just hang in there. Let's see. What do we have coming up? St. Patrick's Day. Super excited about that. Hope you're wearing green so you don't get pinched. I am Irish and it's a fun day just to celebrate. But it's also an exciting day because I'm going to be delivering a keynote address at App State for the College of Education. And we are going to be talking all about teacher leadership and how to grow the capacity of the teachers that we have. And I'll be sharing some interesting statistics and quotes. And I'm just really excited to be in front of so many instructional coaches and teacher leaders and administrators to really help us put together stronger, sufficient uh, plans for helping teachers grow. Because we know when teachers grow, students are able to perform better in the classroom. So um, I hope if you're available to come join us, that would be great. Coming up to see there, it might already be full and sold out. Darn it, the more I'm thinking about it. But you can catch me uh, at another event. So I'll always keep you updated. In fact, if you want me to come speak at your school or in your district, just shoot me an email, Gretchen at alwayslesson.com, and we'll see what we can do. So as I've been preparing for this keynote on how to build the capacity of teachers in the classroom and creating the conditions necessary for growth to happen, it's just top of mind. I'm like, I got to get on and at least share some tidbits of what I'm going to be talking about and really why it's we've all experienced horrible leadership and I'm not going to have a huge amount of time to go into this during my talk but I'll talk about it with you there are so many leaders in my past that have helped me learn who I want to become as a leader I've had tellers, meaning they just tell you all day long what you should be doing instead of motivating you or really providing the direction and explicit instruction necessary for you to be successful. It's just like, go do this, go do this, go do this. Like this taskmaster doesn't make me want to perform better. It doesn't make me want to give my best. It doesn't make me see the end result and the benefit. Then I've had leaders that are the threateners who are basically like do it or else. And it's so demeaning. There's no reason to force people. I mean, compliance is in our buildings all over the place. They're in our classrooms. They're in our staff lounges. They're in our PD rooms. 
and there's no reason for it. If we truly believe in what we're doing and we set the conditions necessary for someone to be self-motivated, then people are going to come to the table ready to work. We don't need to threaten them to do a job. And if it gets to the point where that's happening, that person is probably not in the uh, not the right fit. And that's okay. Part of their journey is figuring out, you know, what is the right job? Then I've also had controllers, oh, the micromanagers, the ones who are like, you know what, just forget it. It's done so poorly. I'm just going to do it myself. That's not motivating. That doesn't make me feel good about myself. And I never grow. I never learn how to do it better because you don't give me the chance. Um, I'm so focused on your negative feedback that I can't even think about doing a good job. I almost sabotage myself because you're so controlling. I've had bosses who it was all about them. They were so good at tooting their own horn. In fact, one of my principals always had a write-up in the newspaper. The news crew was always at our school. And in fact, when they moved her to another school to help bring that performance up, everyone followed. All the news crews went to the new school. And it wasn't because of what we were doing. It's because she was willing to share. And sadly, she was taking all the credit for it, which is frustrating. I don't want to work for someone who doesn't acknowledge that part of that. I had something to do with it. And that is basically saying, look at what I do. I do, you know, you're not like a thousand people who are working behind the scenes. So that's really frustrating. Then you have the leaders who are do as I say, not as I do. And they don't believe the mission that they're asking you to complete because they're busy doing it a different way or, or doing what you wish you could be doing. And they're not someone that's committed to being part of the process. So you're then not committed to being part of their process because they're not even in it, you know? And then you've got the repeaters. They're the ones that's like, it's always been done this way. This person has always ran it. Uh, This is the process we've always followed and that's it. And so you never get any new blood in there, new ideas, fresh perspective, energy, excitement, and it all falls flat. So I'm sure you've experienced some of those horrible leadership types in your past. And I really hope that you are not one of them. You don't have to be a teacher leader to get any value from my podcast because if you're in the classroom, you're already leading kids and you're already leading your colleagues when you're in planning meetings with them, sharing ideas, swapping resources. So leadership is a state of mind. It doesn't have to always be a title. I don't want us to replicate what's not working in schools. So let us try to figure out what does work. This requires a lot of reflection. I want you to think about You personally, what have you seen that doesn't work? I gave you examples of leaders I have had who did not motivate me to want to become stronger, better, more effective in the classroom. And more importantly, why do those things not work? And so when I was sharing the example, I kept talking about it really demotivated me to want to work hard. And that's at the heart of it. And so all of these people, although they were different, none of them really made me feel capable or interested to get more invested. And that's a problem. But we also need to think about what have we seen that does work? Let's do more of that. Or let's make that part of how we do stuff and add our own twists. And then let's dig deeper and think, why does it work? Because if we spend all the time thinking about, well, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. Then we still have zero clarity on what we should be doing. And more importantly, understand on a deeper level why we should be doing it a certain way. And that will keep a leader motivated in the long term because they understand the point of why they should continue to do that. Hey y'all, popping in here real quick to remind you, if you are loving the podcast, hop on over to iTunes to leave a star rating and type in a few words for the review. 
This helps other educators find the show so they too can be empowered. Lots of love and thanks. Now back to the show. So I want to give you five moves, five leadership strategies that I know work, that I have implemented myself, that I have learned from other people. I want you to think about why would this be helpful? How would this look in my role? And what do I need to do today to start implementing it? So the first move is silence. Gosh, that sounds so rudimentary, so basic, so boring, so simple. And yes, a lot of what leadership is, is just being a good human and giving people the space and the time to process, to think through, to talk about it. And that requires us to be silent. I am so quick to respond. I want to solve your problem. I want to finish your sentence. I want to be as efficient as possible. I want us to get moving now. And that does such a disservice because not everyone wants us to solve it for them. Not everyone wants an answer. Part of the self-discovery of a learner comes when they realize it themselves. And I talk a lot about productive struggle and how it's important that we don't always jump in to save somebody as they're learning. We are right there alongside them, but they have to figure out, oh, that strategy didn't work. Oh, fell on my face again. Let me try something else. And that's what helps them become a learner for a lifetime because they remember what it's like to go through the process of being a learner and not just handed the answers all the time. And so we have to be silent. Uh, we have to allow them to find their own answer through talking it out and empower them to solve it for themselves. And once they come up with an idea, sure, we can give some feedback. We can prompt them with some questions to think about a different angle. We can share our experiences, but we certainly don't lead with that. We lead with silence. I have realized as I've gotten older, I'm quieter and quieter. And I don't like that about myself because I feel like maybe I'm shutting down for others, but from what I've heard from other people, like, man, you're such a good listener and you just draw people in. And I'm like, man, I've never been told that. <laughs> Usually I repel people because I'm so uh, opinionated or so loud. And as I've gotten older, I've just realized to just allow someone else to talk. And then you follow up with a question or a comment and off it goes. And they're, they have the steering wheel. They're in the front row. They're guiding the boat. And it's all because your lead strategy was silence. Okay, number two move is to ask questions. Get to the root of the issue. A lot of things that are stopping teachers from getting better and stronger in the classroom are all surface level. It has nothing to do with that. And we start solving those problems, we're not going to see progress. Then they're frustrated. They're like, this person can't help me. And it's because you're solving the wrong problem. There's a deeper issue happening and we have to get to that first. And then all these other things are going to be fixable. And it requires us to prompt and guide them and allow them to reflect and problem solve. And we can model how to reflect and push through obstacles by the questions that we ask. It's kind of like a roadmap as you hear a problem, no matter what the problem is, the types of questions you can ask, you know, why and how. And what does that make you feel? What do you think it means? And those same questions can be asked over and over to the point that a coach friend of mine said, oh, here we go. I'm, I'm sitting on Gretchen's therapy couch. Like she's going to start asking me questions. 
But because we've done it so much, every time she's come up with an obstacle, she says, I actually know what you're going to ask me and I'm starting to ask it myself. Now that's how you build the habit of a lifelong learner where they don't need you. Now I have a legacy because I don't have to be around to have an impact on you because my consistent behavior has shown you how to operate your problem and how to push through and get to a solution. Expansion is number three. So if we have the intention of making someone's idea better, that means we collectively were able to work together to solve it. Generally, someone who has a problem or is trying to work through something has an idea for how it might be solved. And you don't want to jump in right away and just tell them this is what you could try. You want to give them the opportunity to share their idea and then you can build on it. You can expand. And by expanding on their original idea, now you have something better. And you know this is true. Anytime you brainstormed with a group of people about something, what you end up with is so much better than the original idea. And it's all heads together, creating something that's much Uh, more intricate and have thought through more details, much more exciting. Everyone's more motivated because they had a piece of the pie. So expansion is a really great way to build rapport, to add in some ownership from the teacher, but also for you to then add your few tidbits from your experience as a leader. Number four is be a connector. You connect the person to the experience so that they can grow. You know from walking around and working with all these teachers, what are they great at? What do they work on? What are some deficits? What are opportunities for them to get better or to share some of their strengths? And if there isn't an opportunity at the moment, you create it. I can't tell you how many different leaders I've had in my life who, hey, I just got this email and I thought of you right away. Why don't you apply for it? Or why don't you go do this? Or, hey, I know you love to present. Why don't you co-present with me at our next PD session? Or, hey, can you design this manual for our mentees? I know you're all about coaching new teachers. And because people knew what I wanted to become and what way I wanted to have an impact, they were able to help me get there when the opportunity came. So get to know your people and be a connector. In that environment, we have to create the environment for someone to learn. Whether we create the environment in the classroom or the environment in our school buildings, it needs to be a place that's safe where they can have confidential conversations, be transparent, be vulnerable. And it's not just a physical space. Literally, the bubble that you produce around yourself means anyone that has a conversation with you on the bus parking lot, at recess, in the cafeteria, they feel those same things. They feel safe. They feel like they can have a confidential conversation. They feel you're present. And all that ensures they can grow. So your environment is, yes, where you operate, but it's also just who you are and what you're able to do for people. So when you create conditions for others to succeed, teachers can replicate that same method in their classrooms year after year. So let's go review these five moves really quickly. And these are five leadership moves to grow teachers. Silence, ask questions, expansion, be a connector, environment. And so why does this all matter? If we believe that teachers have a tremendous effect on students, then we better do everything we can to support their growth. When they are more knowledgeable, and skillful, it gives students the opportunity to also be more knowledgeable and skillful too. Everyone benefits because of the ripple effect. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to reevaluate your leadership habits, what's working, 
what's not, and remember that question why. Do the digging and find out why are things working, why are things not working. And I want you to choose one new move to try every month. And let's just top out our three or four max. So really prioritize of the five I gave you, which makes the most sense. And I think it's essential that you pick one that maybe makes you the most uncomfortable because it's probably the one that you know is probably going to have the biggest effect and you're kind of scared of doing it. Silence, ask questions, expansion, be a connector, environment. One of those I want you to try this month and give it a go. And at the end of the month, reflect and recalibrate before you add in one of these other strategy moves. That way we know that we are actually changing our behavior and not just trying something and dropping it. We want to to build on top of that and ask teachers for feedback. Like, have you noticed I've been doing this? Has it been helpful for you? And if people are like, yeah, I'm digging it. It's helping me. I'm super motivated to work for you. I love the way you show up and support me. Then bam, you nailed it. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on five leadership moves to grow teachers. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. (laughs) 